Hey there, lovely people. It's the Water Trio. We're coming to you with the astrology of week beginning Monday, March 25. Uh, it's still Mercury in Pisces retrograde madness. <laughs> uh, strap yourself in. We're not really sure what's going to happen this episode. So, <laughs> um, we've had a few technical crazy hiccups trying to get it up and running to this point. So I am joined by my gorgeous girlfriends and astro friends in action, Kelly Surtees. Hey, Kel. Hey, Cass. Hey, Leish. And Leish, you too. Hi. So we're bringing you the juice of um, the week ahead. So who would like to start? <laughs> <laughs> who wants to start with, uh, with the, the aspects I of mean, the week? I can't even talk. (laughs) Since we started with Mercury, um, maybe we should dive in there, huh? And this is the week that Mercury goes direct. Yay! Yep, yep. Thank Thank you. But it is happening conjoined Neptune. So, look, it's slowed down pretty much. It conjoined Neptune today pretty much um and it has it will be sitting there all week but there will definitely be that sense of okay things are ready to go forwards again we can start moving forward this has been a particularly tricky retrograde i have heard stories left right and center even to the fact that literally facebook and instagram went down and whatsapp as well um all during this mercury retrograde so so much around technology and communication, things going haywire, just that vague brain, um, you know, some call it mum brain, some call it bimbo brain. Um, It's just just trying to get the neurons to fire, get, you know, things from one point to the next has been really tricky. So when it goes direct and we're talking, so here in Australia, it's Saturday the 30th, is that Friday afternoon in the US, Kel, that it happens? When Mercury goes direct. Or when it's stations, sorry. Stations direct. Yeah, Thursday the 28th in Canada. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So So it slows down and stationed here on the Friday the 29th. And that is when snafus happen even more. It's usually that stationary position that is actually when things just totally stop working. So do be prepared for that Thursday the 28th, Friday the 29th, but then by Saturday the 30th, it's back moving forward again and going back over all that old ground. That has basically been travelling through since, what, late Feb? Mid-Feb, Mid-Feb, yeah. So do expect, you know, new themes to be, old themes to be highlighted, things to be revisited. So, yeah, that's my little blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Anyone else got anything to say? Yeah, I mean, this is a week for sure Mercury stations direct, which is definitely a good thing to have the retrograde over. But as you're saying, Leash, you know, Mercury's in station, so it's like standing still like a train stuck at the station. So that can feel temporarily a little bit more frustrating. But... Um, the one, one of the things I really like about this week is that we have Venus move into Pisces and Mm. that kicks off Tuesday, the 26th in Canada and the States. That'll be, uh, Wednesday, the 27th, if you're in Australia, Venus coming into Pisces, it's not perfect. It's not going to magically fix everything, but it is bringing a planet into some really strong dignity. Mm. And I like, you know, we've had this sort of messy, confusing Mercury and Pisces vibe it's lovely to have a planet come into Pisces that really 
exalts or is, is happy to be there. That it gets some special vitality or juice, if you like. So I think Venus in Pisces is going to help maybe soften some of the confusion or at least highlight what points of connection and collaboration might exist. You know, that idea of, yeah, instead of just keep missing each other with Mercury retro snafus, now we've got Venus in Pisces just helping you reach across the aisle or be like, okay, we can't do this one thing, but we can at least get started over here. So to try and get some of that flow or that repair or that reconnection. Um, yeah, I agree with you there, Kel. It's almost like anything that was particularly frustrating or didn't quite connect under yeah. the retrograde, Venus will come along and kind of, um, you know, either extend the olive branch or she will sort of, you know, connect the dots that Mercury couldn't quite um, get to happen. Um, and, you know, anything that kind of didn't seem to really work out for you in the Mercury retrograde, Venus can kind of you know, add that, you know, benefic quality or that extra little bit of oomph that, oh, that didn't work out and now I can see why and I've got something better than maybe the Mercury retrograde didn't kind of produce for you. So if there was a missed opportunity under the retrograde, you might be able to see that kind of blessing in disguise as Venus comes through that, that same territory. Yeah, it just feels like there's something slightly positive or helpful or like it's an improvement, you know. If Mercury has been in Pisces causing problems, Venus in Pisces actually brings gifts and resolutions or togetherness. And then, of course, pretty much straight up, she sextiles Uranus straight off the bat. So, um, you know, there's that element of a surprise or something unexpected and something, you know, really quite cool could also uh, manifest it under that too. Yeah, that should be a really fun aspect. Sorry, Leash, I just cut you off. No, no, that's okay. Keep going. No, 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 no. you go, you go. I just talk. No, just that she's going to travel over that ground that Mercury's been back and forth over since the end of, uh, since mid-Febs, and she's going a lot quicker than Mercury is, so it's almost like she catches up pretty quickly. Um, So they'll almost be holding hands towards that end part of of Pisces. Um, And so it's giving us that chance to really, as you were saying, Kelly, have that collaborative thought or just to to beautify or harmonise wherever any of those issues have been happening. Um, And bringing those, you know, I'm always talking about Venus and her value systems, you know, what we value into this, you know, what do we value about communication, but in that very Piscean way, you know, when our minds were turned inwards with that Mercury retrograde, what did we discover about ourselves that we can now actually bring out and really see as a jewel, as a gem, um, and, and have value and apply to put out into the world, you know, show off that beautiful part of ourselves that we may have previously not discovered and maybe that sextile to uranus will bring the insight you know bring that sudden flash okay that was what it was that was what all that hazy weird crap was about actually it was about me discovering that about myself yeah totally i mean venus uranus is such a fun sparky exciting invigorating kind of energy um I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a quite a potent. I know we think sextiles is sort of like a gentle flowing aspect, but Uranus is in Taurus, which is a sign that Venus rules, and it's being aspected by Venus. So 
it's a really like it's a Venus sextile Uranus can be fun and flirty and romantic and spontaneous, but it's also about like affection with a twist, if you like, in terms of creating that connection, but breaking out of a bit of a rut too, um, mm. like a welcome surprise or an unexpected thing that you you're actually kind of happy about. Um, yeah, yeah, and it, I mean it can bring you know in, insight like a shift internally, like a breakthrough. Um, but it definitely has that kind of fun external vibe too. How do you guys see that? Like, Kath, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I think just with the uh, rulership qualities, et cetera, it's really got that um, surprise with the twist, you know, like it's a welcome surprise. You may not have expected it. It might be a little bit sort of sudden or it's just that, you know, kind of plot twist that maybe you were hoping for but maybe not really being able to communicate or um, articulate under the the mercury stuff so i do like venus sextiles um venus sextiles to uranus because it does give you that opportunity as you said to break out of a love habit or a rut it's like you know when you get to those points where you're like oh you know let's go out for dinner but you go to the same place all the time or you're you know or you're doing the same thing it's like let's actually drive across town and do something different. Let's just break out of our zone a little bit. Let's just kind of do something different. So, you know, I think that's, you know, we all get in our little habits sometimes. And I think the um, Venus sextile Uranus can help us get out of that. If you go out all the time, maybe stay in, you know, just whatever it is you do all the time, do it different. Yeah. Do mm. the opposite kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's fun, like, activation midweek, I think, just to, hmm. uh, get us through hump day, basically. Yeah, and I feel as well, you know, sometimes when you get in a relationship, you take on the other person's habits and they take on yours, and it's almost like this is the, the potential of this is to actually ask for a bit of freedom for the relationship. Like if you guys are living in each other's pockets, then maybe it's time to go off and do something for yourself and, and become more of yourself, and it's almost... So then that other person can fall back in love with that person they were originally with, you know, by, by being, it's that whole thing about, you know, if you really love something, then set it free. So then it will naturally come back to you if it was meant to be that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, so there is a bit of a different vibe coming in this week, I guess, with Venus moving into Pisces and then Venus starting to make some aspects to Uranus. So it's just, you know, possibilities that maybe didn't exist or new desires, you know, Venus in Pisces is a very wet kind of placement. So really high, highlighting like connection and togetherness and even quality time. Um, but as we said, like with a twist or in it, maybe an unexpected way with the Uranus piece. Um, what are you thinking, Cass? We've also got something kind of exciting uh, this week and that's our monthly moon connection to Jupiter. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yes, yeah, so we've got uh, the moon conjoined Jupiter at 24 degrees uh, here in Oz, uh, 27th uh, at 12.37 p.m. So if you're listening uh, in the States, it'll be on the evening before, so the 26th at around 7.37 p.m. if you are on the West Coast. Um, and, of course, just adjust your time zone accordingly. So 30 p.m. on the East. Your, yeah, your, yeah, the three-hour difference. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those kind of funky periods where people start moving in and or out of their day, in and out of daylight savings, you know, uh, here in Australia and then I'm sure in the US too. So 
the moon conjoined Jupiter. So that is um, just a lovely time to you know, set your intentions, perhaps to, um, you know, dabble in a little bit of planetary magic if that's your thing. Um, and also gives a lovely boost to whatever goodness Jupiter is providing in your chart this year through its um, journey through Sagittarius. So I'm kind of looking forward to that uh, personally. How about you girls? You've got any uh, ideas in mind for this month and your Jupiter work? Um, I don't have any specific plans and projects in mind. I mean, my um, online class on career and life direction in astrology starts the day before when the moon oh, good. is yep. Yep. in Sag. It's not quite conjunct, but at least it's in Sag, which is great, mm -hmm. um, which is probably, I, I can never remember how Tony and I picked these dates, but I'm sure that had something to do with it. Uh, yeah, so, and that's, I mean, Jupiter in Sag is 10th house, career for me so it's just a lot more about uh i mean that's part of the jupiter and Sag cycle for me personally is just developing work in different ways um and i don't know which often happens with me it's not necessarily like a planned intention but it's yeah. like oh maybe i'll just do a bit more teaching this year and then that kind of you you've know, always like, been like that i that's just yeah. <laughs> everyone else makes these five-year plans and i just kind of um go like maybe I'll do this. Oh, magically there's this thing going on. So yep. yep. yeah, that's always um, been like you, especially with Jupiter stuff. So, uh, yeah. So I, I always look forward to the moon Jupiter. It's just, it's just such an uplifting energy. Um, yeah. and Venus fresh in Pisces at the time too. So we've yeah. just kind of, yeah, it's greasing the wheels for a little bit of, you know, good, <laughs> good stuff with the benefic planets in signs. They really love to be in. Oh, that's a really good point, Cass, because once Venus gets into Pisces, then we actually have three planets in really happy signs. We've got mm -hmm. Aries, we've got Venus mm -hmm. Pisces and Jupiter in Sag. But also just when you were talking there, Cass, you reminded me Venus moving into Pisces is good for another reason, which is that since um, early February, Venus has been in a sign ruled by Saturn. So she was in Capricorn in Feb and then she's mm. been basically in Aquarius in March. So even though those signs are very different, they have very different qualities. They do both look to Saturn. And of course, Saturn is involved in so much other pressure, intense things yeah. that um, Venus moving into a sign not ruled by Saturn is a shift we are all going to notice. Yeah. It's just um, like, you know, putting that Jupiter juice on steroids a little bit, you know, nothing's really inhibited at this point in time in terms of their levels of dignity. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, yeah, look to those houses that both Jupiter and, um, oh, sorry, Sagittarius and Pisces rule. So that's where these planets are going to be transiting through. For Kelly and I, they're both angular. So we're really looking forward to that. And how about you, Lishi? So what will be ninth and 12th for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bit more, a bit more on the quieter side of things um, oh, for that's me. Still productive, yeah. yeah, yeah. It is still definitely productive, but not as out there. I mean, the ninth house is with with Jupiter and Sag, and that's what I totally. find. You know, this this podcast is, and doing a few other writing projects at the moment for for publications. 
but it's also I'm just feeling really drawn to retreat, you know, that whole yeah. 12th house stuff and um, finding those quiet moments, which especially being a busy mum and running two businesses, um, it's not, you know, it, there's a real joy in those small times where I can get this. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I will be trying to <laughs> schedule retreat time in. I love um, it. <laughs> which is what happens and and maybe you know for me just even doing those magical rituals trying to schedule time in for those um is, is a special treat so i will definitely be trying to harness that energy then um the dupe juice has definitely delivered for me so i need to give him a little back and um keep keep asking keep the cooperation happening and I think as us being, you know, the water trio, the, these things are so wonderful for us because back in the early days in Sydney, we used to get together each month on the new moon and we would do new moon rituals. So oh, we didn't really... I forgot about that. <laughs> How could you forget? Oh, my God. Oh, that's bad. I'm totally offended. The kids area with the memory like an elephant is oh. totally uh, offended now and I don't even use that word offended. No, I'm only joking. So, no, Kath, I had a memory the other day of you and your beautician moments with us. And, you know, that was a scorching <laughs> memory of just how much. We don't need to go there. <laughs> what memory is this that has been uh, alluded to? <laughs> no, I remember we used to come over to your place and Cass would um, do our beauty routines. Oh, our, beauty, our beauticians. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, yeah, like yeah. Good Venus in Talking about. I was yeah, actually I, about I always look after you girls. Crowd. Like, I was thinking about the facials that you used to give. That's, yeah. that's the part I was thinking about late. Um, <laughs> Sorry, my Scorpio mind went elsewhere. Of course, of course it did. <laughs> um, those facials were so good, like the, the massage with the face yeah. mask. Oh, my God. I mean, this is so Venus in Pisces to evoke yeah. these, like, memories of <laughs> connection. Um, because your Venus yeah. in Pisces is so generous as well, mm. I think. You know, the people that you love get, get the good stuff when Venus is in Pisces. Um, and Cass is just having a, a moment there. Yeah, I just um, had a moment with my water, didn't, all this Venus in Pisces. And <laughs> that's and water drowning in, in the water. But yeah, like, you know, part of, you know, the way the water trio really connected is that we started doing these new moon rituals oh, yes. every okay. month yep. together, right? And so we didn't, you know, know about planetary magic back then. We didn't know about planetary hours and all of the things that, you know, we're learning, you know, more about now in our community. So um, we used to get together and you know, I remember one time when it was the new moon in Taurus, we just ate our body weights in this chocolate mousse, which was just so amazing. Oh, my God. And then I remember one time we went to, um, we, we drove across town. We ate at a Lebanese restaurant in a part of Sydney where none of us were from. So we were evoking yeah. the Sagittarius. That was the Sag I'm like, that was foreign, sad. Yeah. Foreign yeah. food in a foreign area of town, which none of us were. So they were two that really stood out for me because they yeah. involved eating. Oh, they all involved eating. They always involve food, though. Totally. Didn't yeah, we, we do were the, doing... the Gemini one? Wasn't that going to Bather's Pavilion for cocktails and just That's, being out yeah. and about and chatting? Was that Gemini? That was so Probably. good. <laughs> or was but it Pisces yeah. drinking? <laughs> one question that I've been getting a little bit lately as we're having our stroll down our memory lane, water tree our memory lane. Somebody asked me, I think I've had this question twice recently. Are you all actually water signs? And I was like, yeah, we, we didn't, like, we're not lying when we came up. <laughs> we are all water signs and our sons all form a trine. 
So a very tight trine, yeah. A very tight trine. Like basically our birthdays are exactly four months apart and Cass is early cancer, I'm early Pisces, Lee's your early Scorpio. And you could draw a triangle between our three sum points. I don't know where the chickens fit, but the, <laughs> they want to be included too. <laughs> to probably in the center. But anyway, I just thought I'd, I'd just share that on air so all of our listeners can kind of know, yes, we are a water trio technically according to the chart in addition to just having a fun name. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, back to our new moon days. Yeah, so we always, you know, I guess the Cancerian wants to evoke those memories of the past where we I used to it. eat together. And, um, yeah, so we've been doing our little rituals since the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah, so and the moon can join Jupiter is another opportunity to maybe, like, set the bigger picture of the Jupiter stuff that you want to bring into your life. So it's just a little bit of a, a pinging energy, if you like. Oh, my God, I love it. That's such a great description. Yeah yeah so yeah it's like you know back in the days when i was learning how to play computer games and used to give your race cars like a nitro boost to make them go faster it's kind of like that (laughs) (laughs) that was the first analogy that came into my mind under this mercury sorry it wasn't that good but i I love it i I was thinking of the steroids some of my bodybuilding friends back in clubbing days used to take (laughs) one week and then three weeks later it was like whoa how did you get that big that quick but it happens oh my goodness okay i have no um helpful analogies um to share on that front but i feel like we're talking about the moon with jupiter being like this really positive energy you know tuesday wednesday we do have to talk about what the moon does on Friday, Saturday, I think, as well, when it gets into Capricorn. It goes, it has a little bit of a rough patch. It just, yeah, it sort of goes from one extreme to the other. It's like you you've like. run out of nitrogen in your engine. There's no more no nitrogen. Turbo. <laughs> so the moon will be in Capricorn um, Friday the 29th if you're in Canada and the States, and that'll be Saturday the 30th if you're in Australia. And of course, in Capricorn right now, we have the South Node, we have Pluto, we have Saturn. 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 I'm like, what's the other, <laughs> the other one? Saturn. I knew yeah. there were three. You all want to forget him. <laughs> I know, I'd like to. No, no, I really wouldn't. So a little bit more of a reality check, sobering type energy. You know, the, the highs and the opportunities of earlier in the week are great, but there will be different topics where it's like, I need to maybe be conservative or cautious or cut back. Um, that could be really highlighted on Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And totally. So have cool. all your fun midweek. Yeah. Have it. Yep. Sorry, Lishi. And it's a weekend to be doing jobs. Oh, no, I was going to say, there's also rituals you can be doing with Saturn's energy as well. Um, you know, trying to make the most out of it. I know, Kel, you've got an awesome one on your website. Um, I don't know whether or not you'd be starting it under a moon in Sat- moon in Capricorn yeah, or not. You can totally because that's um, a Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so there is a mantra practice. I think it's like a mantra for Saturn with discipline and devotion. Like if you just mm. look, if you search for those terms on my website in the search bar, you'll find this mantra. Um, yeah. Look, I think if you want to do it as a long practice, it's nice to start it under the waxing moon on a Saturday. And it's a mala type mantra. So the idea is you're doing 108 repetitions first thing in the morning. But I have been encouraging people to do it just around those two or three days each month when the moon is in Capricorn, just Mm. as a bit of an alleviation type remedy. Um, I did this mantra as a practice in mid-2018 
kind of to do with the Mars retrograde in Aquarius. And it really, I found it gave me a lot of clarity and it did give me a calm. Now, was that just because I was doing an extra meditation for 10 minutes a day um, and that's just good? Or was it because I was doing something specific with Saturn? Hard to say, but I, I was so happy with how it made me feel and how I felt it shifted things that I've been really happy to share it with other people. Mm. So, um, that, I mean, that mantra I shared with my own um, membership base earlier in the month, because this is the second time this month that we've had the moon through um, that Capricorn rough patch. So I do think it's, you know, definitely a good thing to do kind of Friday, Saturday for sure. And doing it on those time. So sorry, honey. No, no, that's well, that, there's probably lots of satin mantras and rituals and remediation. Mm. That's just one type. And I just felt like doing it, you know, for me as a busy mom, I can't do a ritual every day. It's just not achievable. But knowing that I can do that ritual on those specific days when the moon's in Capricorn is that, okay, you know, that's one way for me to definitely tick that box. Because really at the end of the day, you know, Saturn is our structure. If we, it rules our skeleton. If we didn't have Capricorn, if we didn't have Saturn, we'd be a pile of jelly on the floor. It's really, it's not something to just go blah and throw away. So doing things that devote to that part of our lives as well, it just helps give us a full balance. Um, and another ritual that I've been doing that I have found super helpful is doing some ancestor stuff on the South Node. So when there's triggers happening to the South Node, um, and this is, again, going back to Caitlin's website, Sphere and Sundry, there's a great thing on there. But just, yeah, when the moon's in that area of your chart, looking at where you come from and how that can help, you know, what, what things that come from your ancestors that are blessings? What are things that come from the past that, that fill you in, that become who you are? Not just DNA-wise, but also energetically as well. Um, I've just found some really special understandings and insights into myself and my family that bring a lot more peace um, and release as well of the, the, the harsh stories that perhaps had a childhood lens on them that are not so much the reality of what the situation was. So, yeah, definitely, sweet listeners, that's something to try as well. Nice. Cool. Um, and then since we're on, like, Saturn stuff, there's this little book called The Greatness of Saturn, A Therapeutic Myth, and it's by Robert S-V-O-B-O-D-A. I can't even pretend to pronounce that. He's a Western guy who studied Indian astrology in quite depth. Mm. And this um, story, it's a therapeutic myth. So the idea is that you read it and it can help calm or balance some of the Saturn stuff in your life. So given that Saturn is actually going to be with the South Node, that's one of our featured aspects for April, which we're talking about more in future episodes. I don't know. I think doing some of this ancestry South Node work that you're talking about, Leash, doing some Saturn stuff, it's really relevant, not just to this Friday when the moon's in Capricorn, but as general themes for 2019 with the larger cycles that are at play. Um, have you done anything along these lines too, Cass? Um, I haven't really done anything from an ancestral standpoint, but um, what I have been doing is, um, which sort of leads me to the next segue, we did really want to mention that uh, Mars moves into Gemini on the weekend too, but um, I've been doing, because I'm in a Mars perfection year, I have Mars and Taurus, um, it's actually a Scorpio year for me though, but and, and Mars and Taurus. So um, I just sort of wanted to perhaps, you, you know, maybe like fire up the bull a little bit and 
<laughs> get it a little bit more energized. So I just thought I would give, you know, uh, Balder the bull, you know, my, I've oh. got a picture in my room um, and just to, you know, fire it up a little bit. And um, I mean, I've really, it's not like a healthy Mars in the sense it's in a sign of its detriment, but I am quite attached as you should expect to my stubborn streak. So I did actually. <laughs> oh my God. That's the most big sign statement ever. I'm stubborn and I like it. <laughs> it reminds I'm me. I'm stubborn and I know it. <laughs> it reminds me of a, um, a wonderful conversation I had with John Frawley one time. I think we were all out to dinner with him and he's a Taurus and he says to me, Cassandra, you're not stubborn. You're just right. And oh I was like, God. sing it to the choir. <laughs> but anywho. Um, uh, but also, like, let's just throw a few other signs under the bus here because I get that quote from my very sexy Scorpio husband all the time. We've got a fixed Mars too. We've all yes, got fixed Mars actually. That's true. And I have an Aquarian he, husband who is always, always, always right, even when he's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Love so you, honey. All the big signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. And yeah, look, my husband would say the same thing about me. So I shouldn't just throw him under the bus. He would equally throw me under the bus. Yeah, um, well, we could all throw each other under the bus because we've true. all got our we fixed Mars. Mars. That's true. No, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus um, with my self. <laughs> I just want to have company under there. Like, I'm like, who else yeah, is coming yeah, yeah. to the gutter with me? so anyway i've been i've been nudging mars a little bit uh through uh planetary ritual on um tuesdays and on friday nights and so my son who's four he has mars in libra so his mars isn't so great either so i had this so he's four and he's you know at kindy and at home you know we're really sort of trying to teach him about choices and okay You've got two choices. You do this and then this can happen. You know, just basically behavioural stuff, consequences and reward type of thing. So I was like, oh, maybe I can invite him into the Mars ritual on Tuesdays because I have him home with me on Tuesdays and he's loving it. And we're not doing too much. He's only a kid and it is a malefic planet after all. But wanted to just kind of help him use Mars in a constructive way, in a decisive way. And for him specifically, not following the crowd, not doing what other kids are doing and make choices that are right for him. So if you do have kids, I think there is, you know, bringing in that spiritual component um, and he loves holding his little bottle and he closes his eyes and he says, dear Mars, and he asks for what he really wants. And some of those things is to help him make good choices. So that's been probably one of, you know, I've really noticed it in him, um, how Mars is just really kind of helping him clarify what he wants as opposed to going along with other kids or, you know, doing naughty things because all the other kids are doing it kind of thing too. So, Yeah. He oh, definitely okay. used that Mars with uh, my Scorpio daughter on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so on that note, uh, we will talk more about Mars and Gemini in next week's episode because we'll be really feeling that next week. And this has been 
uh, so have any of you girls lane it has been <laughs> yes as the moon will move over the south node uh this week so kel you've already mentioned your career um course your four week four part installment career course so was there anything else you wanted to as you're saying that, yeah, there. I believe that I'm giving a webinar through Astrology University on Saturday, April 6th. And I believe the topic is fertility astrology. So, yes, I've seen that somewhere. So, yep. yes, <laughs> I've an email um, about that. Oh, did you? Oh, that's great. anyway this is me being a little bit uh, vague that's what's happening that's the topic um so if anyone's interested in that topic you can sign up via my website or the astrology university website and how about you lishi yep i am taking signups for my new astrology beginners astrology course which will be held here in palmwoods so um there's i'm only going to have uh six places for that this time so yeah get in quick because i think it's already half full oh awesome leishy yeah um and me i've still got i don't think i've mentioned it on the podcast um but i currently still have uh, half price consultations on so uh, and that will be coming to a close when mercury stations direct so um, if you are listening from the States with our exchange rate, it's a pretty good deal. So jump on my website and that's under the events tab there. Um, and I also have my uh, astrology of 2020 um, up to my eyeballs right now, writing about, right. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, what are we discussing on the episode? I'm like, oh, my head's still in 2020. So yeah, yeah. so I'm busy writing for that too. So that's kind of where we're at this week. And Kel, are you are you making any personal announcements, lovely? Um, well, let's do that. Let's save that for the next episode, shall we? Okay, awesome. Yeah, let's do that. Yes. Well, okay. thank you so much, everybody, for joining us for another instalment of the Water Trio. I hope you've enjoyed the episode, and please feel free to subscribe to any of the podcasting platforms that you're catching us on. So we'll say bye for now and enjoy the last leg of this Mercury retrograde in Pisces. See you bye. next time. Bye.